0: Hello, everybody, and hello, everyone, and welcome to Around the World in 80 Drinks. We've been away on hold for a while. I hope you enjoyed the European Championship of Drink, but now we're back live, and we are returning Tom with a brand new feature, aren't we? We are. Bonjour la classe. Uh, it's all about the Tour de France, and we—it's like a
1: mini-series, I suppose, isn't it, Ben? Where we uh, we follow the routes of the Tour de France. We look at all the amazing drinks. That, uh, that are on said route, because the Tour de France
0: has gone ahead, remarkably. It, it has, and yeah. what have we called it rather cleverly? Port de France. Le Port de France. Oh, so yes, so... it is a discerning drinker's guide to the Tour de France. The greatest bike race in the world. Um, and over the next few weeks, as a peloton pedal round France, we shall be selflessly sipping the best French drinks from each of the regional stages. So that's wine, spirit, spirits, beer. Yeah. Left field liqueurs, any softies? We're doing any softies? I haven't got any softs
1: at the moment. Um, the, the actual cyclists can uh, can
0: do keep that. that to themselves because they go through that kind of thing. Uh,
1: it's a pretty punishing race, and we do obviously feel their pain, but we're going to enjoy their pain from our sofas while we drink the incredible drinks.
0: Are we going to be doing incredible?
1: Uh, incredible, is that French? Yeah. Incredible, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: It's going to be good. I'm Are excited. Are going to do any drugs? Like the uh, well, interestingly,
1: be. Ben, as well you know, in the uh, the first incarnation of the race, alcohol was seen as the the drug of choice, wasn't it? The the en- enhancing, uh, eventually banned substance, which I find in itself fairly absurd. If anyone's mm. had a couple of pints and then tried to go on a bike, I'd say it doesn't nice. really.
0: If anything, it slows you down, especially if you've got stuck <laughs> into a tree. <laughs>
1: yes. It's not exactly EPO. Uh, so, um, but originally, when the race started back in 1903, was that the inaugural race, 1903, yep, yep. They, they were uh, stopping off at brasseries and uh, rehydrating with steins. Um, and that's not just uh, us coming up with myths. So I've got a picture there, Ben. For those mm-hmm. of you who mm-hmm. are not mm-hmm. listening, who are watching our video, these podcasts are now being videoed as well, so seek them out on Oh, YouTube. I've got that
0: one, hang on, as well. Well, I've got something similar. This is um, a couple of yep. Italian lads on the right. What's he called? Con, uh, Cotti? Was his name? That his name? Yeah. Cotti? Botti? Yeah. Botti That's or uh, Botti? Gianluigi, <laughs> uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Mario they're drinking brother. wine, and then... Uh, <laughs> But they also used to um, raid cafes, didn't they?
1: Yeah, but they had this—they uh, had this rule that you weren't allowed to—you—you—you you, you had your designated water, and you weren't really supposed to share it out. But unlike these days, where they where they have cars and uh, nice handbags that are given out to the the domestiques who pass the water around, it, none of that happened. So they had very designated moments where they could drink their water, and um, so they would at, literally stop in bars for refreshment. Yeah. And so that is not just something we've made up. Beer particularly was a big part of the tour diet right up until the 1960s when they started changing the nutritional advice. Of course, now we're in a world of sports, nutrition. Well,
0: beer's got beer's science. Got, um, it's, it's got lots of potassium in it. It's very good for your bones and very good for regular as well, beer. Um, so not a, ter- not a stupid idea, but equally they've developed better energy drinks now. Yeah. Um, I
1: apologize to listeners and those who are picking up the uh, additional audio. <laughs> I was the say, stereo yeah. effect there. It's a, a man next door using power tools. And that will continue because it has been going on all, all day. So I'm not. Well, Ben, you've got some extra. I've got audio. someone,
0: uh, I've got someone um, next door neighbor that seems to be building a shed. Well, at least I hope <laughs> that's what he's doing. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, wow, just. He's, he's
1: really having a big <laughs> argument with someone. He pounds them,
0: or 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 Just could be some sweet, sweet love. Yeah, <laughs> kids have gone back <laughs> to school and he's making the most of it. Yeah, um, it's
1: important to say these are podcasts are being recorded remotely again. we do them on Zoom, uh, because, um, although COVID we're getting back to some normality, Ben and I are still don't need sadly. To sadly living apart yes um but that's okay because the video yeah. setup gives us a chance if you check it out to put lovely images up like the one i've got behind me so do do watch the videos as well as listen to our audio podcasts so how have you been ben because it has been a while we've both been on holiday ben has actually um pod pod podsters, pod, podsters. um <laughs> pod pods. ben has actually managed to get his get away to france i didn't go because our euro camp campsite was closed because of the virus but -hmm. you managed to get away didn't you yeah i was quite
0: fortunate in so much we managed to uh slip out to france for two weeks in between the two quarantine periods i think there was probably about four weeks to play with and we got got out there so it was lovely you spent the first week in the Lut, which is below the Dodoin, the bounciest region of france (laughs) uh and the lot is uh wonderful no i'd recommend it um, lovely rivers, L- wicked cycling, really good cycling, very hilly, um, but beautiful countryside. And then uh, in the second week, I went to we we hired with some mates, a massive chateau in Le, Le Gers, which is, nice. of course, you're going towards a bit more southwest towards Armagnac country. Um, and that was very nice. Again, wonderful cy- cycling country. But France, wherever you go in France, seems to be very... Very good cycling country. There's lots of hills. Nice. They look after their roads very nicely, and they, and it's sort of, um, it's all set up perfectly for it. So, it's
1: brilliant. Did you need foie
0: gras while you're there. Lots of foie gras. I Did came dangerously because, toasting. of course,
1: of course, Ben. That's where the French for. Uh... Je suis mallard comes from? Yes, it is very good. Eating too much foie gras. Yeah. Did, 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 how, how, how was it? Was it good or did you feel rich. disgusted?
0: Uh, well, around Legerce, there are, in that part of the world, there are more ducks than people. Um, really? Yeah. And, uh, uh, and well, not that ducks make foie gras, of course, but you have duck <laughs> and then you have geese who make yeah, the foie gras. The well, they don't, it's pretty bad what they do yeah. to those poor geese i'll be honest it's, it's, um, it's a crime, crime. <laughs> it's I, crime look at, against I look animals. at Those it, oh, poor geese and then someone offers me on some french bread and i go it is nice though uh, uh, yeah so i know there's going to be people who are, don't find that in any way justifiable but palatable palatable that's yeah. good stuff gear such good stuff anyway yeah So sorry well, lots of that um and it made me, once again, want to move there and live in France because, well, lots of reasons. Firstly, it was a bit of escapism anyway. But also, this country is really, I'm wondering what's going on in this country. seems to be a lot of bad things. Um, Brexit guy. Mm. Um, More to come, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, there's, there seems to be lots of reasons. And it's, the cost of living out there is so cheap. The food's so nice. The wine's so good. I came back with 30 litres of wine, Tom, in boxes. Bag in a box. Oh, bag in a box. You know I, I saw, I
1: saw you, you'd written about them, and I know you yeah, 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 I'm quite lot of your summer man. out there, and you'd, you'd written about some of those for the Telegraph. Yeah, um, I didn't write uh, about yeah. these ones though. Oh, okay. worth, I
0: bought thirty litres back. Cost me eighty-five euros. Works out <laughs> at one pound two p a bottle. Amazing right. gear. <laughs> that I, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I'm all in on it's that. It's worth. That's... You could drive down to that. You could. Well, I don't know how far south you'd have to go to get the decent wine in a box but you could fill your car with boxes of wine like a like a tetris and just come back and never have to buy a bottle of wine again i was contemplating getting rid of the kids and sophie and just putting wine boxes in their seats well nothing Um, just
1: get rid of them (laughs) um well while you were in france i was up in my game on um on the bike and oh, yeah. uh, uh, we've decided to do this because Ben and I are actually quite keen uh, Lycra lovers yes. and, um, and we, I've been getting quite, quite handy on it. And we are on Strava, so if anyone who is listening is on Strava, then do follow us under yeah. our name, Under Thinking Drinkers.
0: Ben um, McFarland but... and Tom Sandham.
1: Yeah, Ben McFarland and Tom Sandham, correct. And uh, yeah, I've been getting reasonably good on it. But because we haven't been in Edinburgh this year, Edinburgh was cancelled. So that was what we'd normally do be doing in August. For the first time in 10 years, we've been able to spend our August with our families. And next year we'll be running back up to Edinburgh as fast as our legs can carry us. No, not really. It's been really nice to spend time with them. Um, And one of the benefits has been, I've noticed, the the bowel movements have been uh, ridiculously solid. I mean, it's just unbelievable. compared to Edinburgh? Yeah, how you do about five or six shits a day in Edinburgh because you're so nervous the whole time. Whereas whereas while I've been here, um, I haven't. But I would say that the flip side of that, because I've been spending so much time on my bike is that, um, well, Have you it got, hasn't all been plain sailing.
0: <laughs> really? Yes. Have you yeah, got the old I could, Nobby Styles?
1: Yeah. Yes. I've got uh, my own, talking of Tour de France, a Flamme Rouge uh, going really? on. Um, Red Royals, lantern in your panties. The, the Royds back in town. I've opened a current account with Royds <laughs> of London. Um, and uh, they're, not not the right I, they're not the roids they're not I've been looking for <laughs> uh, and admittedly, it's better than sitting on the toilet five times a day. But when I sit on the toilet once and it's causing this much uh, inflamed anger, um, it's a bit disappointing. That's so, bad. No, um, yeah, do you think
0: that's got something to do with your seat?
1: No, I just it's, it's, a, it's a genetic disposition, okay, right? So, uh, just need to get them removed um uh, they're very uncomfortable and so you know swings and roundabouts <laughs> that's been well i tell you what I'd,
0: those are the <laughs> exactly things i'd stay away from yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah uh and well sophie and... gave me um talking of roids gave me uh some sh- what is it it's basically cycling body cream what's it called cham- hmm. cham- cham- cham-
1: yeah yeah something how do like you
0: that? say it chamois I think. Chinois, I think, yeah, anyway. And it's well, really, it's not as good as a, a, a and you sold, No, 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 it's sold. not designed to solve piles. Um, mm. but it's uh, it smells really nice. It smells of satsumas. Oh, okay,
1: yeah, well, that's one thing. Yeah, either way, I so don't when, it's, you it's, work, when
0: you when you wipe it around your neck, nether- around your mucky gooch, it creates yeah. an aroma of satsumas and sorts of poo. <laughs> i mean
1: what's that what's that smell uh oranges <laughs> and shit uh lovely lovely so there we go everyone who's listening and who's have, sharing these problems know, feedback yeah. uh if you've got any solutions to uh
0: hemorrhoids we're yeah.
1: always we're all ears, uh, all ears. Yeah, Follow us on, on social, social media.
0: media yeah a nice and cushion
1: uh, there we go. But that is one of the side effects of being on a bike, uh, for sometimes up to four hours. i have uh, been which... very
0: impressed Tom, cause, um, you are not what I think you'd admit having known you for a long time. I think we, I can, I'm, I'm in a position to say that you're not a natural athlete.
1: I'm lazy, lazy, uh,
0: and you, your lung capacity in the past has been similar to that of a small vole. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I've just really, never really, really embraced this cycling thing. You've been doing about like forty miles a day.
1: I do, yeah, I do. I do enjoy it. Um, but, uh, but one of the one of the reasons to be motivated by it is because Ben and I are very keen to to revisit a lot of the breweries and distilleries around the world. Uh, that have exceptional cycle routes around them so we've been speaking to a lot of breweries and distilleries and vineyards in the lockdown and once we're free to travel wherever we want we're going to be doing a lot more of that so uh, this is kind of kick-starting that isn't it man i like to think so yeah we're Uh, trying to
0: combine our passions you know yeah Yeah. well what i really want to do with my life is uh, i just don't want to ever work work for a living man and if you do if you if you really enjoy what you do at work then you know your life is so cool yeah it's free
1: but there are there is a lot of synergy and if if you are watching the video you, you will see the shirts that we're wearing and the hats that we're wearing uh, i've got a san rafael top on and ben has a Pellforth top mm. on and a Pellforth hat those are both
0: whatney hat whatney hat.
1: hat sorry what did i say whatney
0: what,
1: in a uh, not plenty, um and we're wearing and i'm also wearing a prendas hat prendas is a is a is a shop uh, an online retailer who, who do a lot of vintage cycle gear prendas chiclismo uh, prendas.co.uk and they've kindly given us these tour de france hats um but they also do a lot of really good vintage clobber and you'll find alcohol brands all over the the, the the tour history. Mm. Uh, San Rafael is an aperitif a quin as a bitter aperitif drink that was uh, that is popular in the region that we're going to be focusing on over the coming weeks with the Tour de France. And they they were the first alcohol brand actually that got away with sponsoring a shirt. But since then um, we've seen them consistently popping up on on riders' shirts, even up to the current tour. Uh, Mitchelton Scott uh Mickleton Scott Mitchelton Scott I'm not mm. sure how you pronounce that now but it's a vineyard um so they they're all over it and with that in in mind i think we are fair to make this link between drink and tour de France. yeah it doesn't even teamed. if
0: it even, though, even if there was no history yeah between be. booze and bikes i think we could justify making a link because having become cyclists in the, in the very loose term of the word, um, new sense of the word rather, uh, having a drink after your ride is brilliant. It's amazing. <clears throat> and it's the one thing that keeps you going, the idea that you can have a nice pint or <clears throat> a nice glass of wine and get uh, guilt free as well. Yeah. Um, so I think we're, it's, we're entirely justified in doing what we're doing. And I think that yeah. will be reflected in the listener numbers. Uh, I think people are gonna go, wow, what a good link. Absolutely. Um, and so it's I'm wearing, a, and I'm wearing a Watney's uh, cap here because they were the first beer brand to sponsor a team in the seventies. They sponsored a Belgian team, um, and it was uh, that the, the team's main man was Franz, the Flying Milkman Verbeek. Um, and so he wore a he wore a Watney's uh, top round round the tour, and Watneys. I don't know, for the older listeners out there, older pod bods. Watney's was uh, a sort of classic British uh, beer brand based in London, first began brewing in 1837, became a household name and um, produced something called the Watney's Red Barrel, which is widely regarded as one of the worst beers ever made. And it's, it was so bad, it, it was thought that that prompted the formation of Camera, the campaign for real ale. Um, they thought, well, right, that's enough. We can't carry on like this. And so, um, But now it's having a comeback and it's going to be brewed properly and it's um, it's not the muck that it used to be in the, in, in the 70s. And um, we are actually giving away a, a Watney's uh, top. Let me show you that. If you want See, to have a little...
1: This is oh. not just about us. No, we oh, are my giving, oh, giving um, clobber away. And this, again, is, is uh, Prenda's top, isn't it? So it's yeah. actually made in conjunction. Prenda's oh. do a lot of work with Santini, which is a really good quality uh, uh, clo- cycling clothes maker. Yeah, um, on, Where is it? Where is it? Hang on. But if you follow us on social media, you'll be able to um, share one of our There you go. Look at it. It's pretty cool. It's got it's white that.
0: with black uh, trim. It says Watney across the front, and it's got a big red barrel on the front. Lovely so, stuff. Um the way the way people are gonna win that is um they have to go on social media, uh tag the podcast, tag us, say subscribe to this, we really like it, and then you'll automatically put in the draw to win this. And we've got loads of sizes, we've got a couple of these caps, uh not worn by us, so you won't get knits or anything. Um, or, COVID. or COVID. So we'll send that to the winner at the end of uh, at the end of the tour. And what's yeah. going to happen, Tom, if if uh, the tour is cancelled because of COVID, which is not massively unlikely? Well, I think we should all the all the research and work we've done. We should just throw it all in the
1: bin and. Bring this to an end. No, we're just going to carry on. We're yes. going to carry on as though it were happening, much like our Euro 2020 competition, which didn't even start. We're just going to carry on. So stay on target, folks. We yeah. have mapped out the whole route and we've got some of the best producers along that route. We've got all the booze in. So we're going to be actually tasting it. So we will carry on. If those wieners decide they can't ride because Yeah, man.
0: Street, we're we're going to push going to-, to the top. We're going to, we're uh, going to reach the peak.
1: We, we are. We are. Uh, other brands, just quickly, that have featured on the shirts. Capano. Yeah, we'll probably wear a, oh, cup, yep. a Capano, uh, which is Italian vermouth. Finsec, or Feinsec, which was a brandy. Uh, that they, they sponsored a squad from 1959 to 61. Magnat. Margnat, a French winemaker in the early 60s. Pelforth. Ben Watney. You've got your, your hat on. Yeah, Pel- about, the, so
0: you? the Pelforth, uh, based in Lille, big beer town north of France. Mm. Um, um, really good gear, and, and and
1: wheels as well. Have you, have you have you heard of Wheels
0: Wheels, uh, which no. is
1: really really nicely named? It's a Belgian low-alcoholic beer brewer, and they sponsored a the show.
0: I mean, they've also Maize pills. So where's um, it's under my helmet here. Maize Pills, and you can that's one of the biggest Belgian pilsners. They they got involved as well.
1: Mm.
0: well but th- But then also you go around America, American microbreweries, and British craft breweries now and there's everyone's selling cycling jerseys it seems to be people are into craft beer and decent drinks spe- especially blokes i reckon mm. i think it's safe mm. to say a lot of them do seem to be into cycling as well so
1: well as we but as we're going to find out i mean the, those who are not into beer but uh, might be into wine or gin uh, france now has got has got such a wide range of drinks uh, that uh, that anyone who wants to finish and stare at their Strava stats while looking at while uh, drinking something alcoholic, you can have a gin and it's perfectly brilliant gin and tonic. Um, and we, we've been saying for a while now the Venn diagram of craft drink lovers and cyclists is almost. A one big circle. Centric,
0: so yeah, so, yeah. Uh, um,
1: we will we will be proving that more and more over the coming weeks as we do these podcasts. So I suppose we should we should crack on with what's been yeah. going on because the tour has started. Yeah. And we're recording this after the first three stages before the fourth. So we've had the Grand Depart from Grand Depart Grand from de bar, Nice, oui. uh, and most of the first three stages were revolving around Nice, uh, the Cote d'Azur the Provence region. So that's uh, that's where we're going to focus this podcast in terms of the drinks that we're looking at. And Nice itself is a very uh, historic city with lots of food and drink uh, references. Anyone who's still in denial about the biscuit uh, of the same name mm-hmm. and still calling it Nice biscuits should know that it is in fact the Nice Biscuit, uh, those biscuits with nice written on them it's actually nice and it, there they really? are that's a nice biscuit <clears throat> um and they've been part of the arnott's range which is the australian biscuit maker oh yeah uh, yeah Bay, wow biscuit uh
0: howdy can't do the action mate <laughs> oh, howdy uh right, so, that's, that. so, so <laughs> that's a very famous biscuit wait well, hey, I mean, before we move on nice. to the biscuits do you know another biscuit from from nice i don't the Garibaldi. Well, well, well. Because, yeah, of course, there's a very the strong Italian. Garibaldi, whatever is it, 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 The Italians
1: the used to own Nice, didn't they? And then they gave it, it up, it, didn't they? The, yeah, so uh, he was born in Nice,
0: and the biscuits named after him. Uh, and, oh. and more commonly known as the squash fly biscuit. Um, yes, of which course. Is, if you've ever cycled down a hill very fast, uh, you get squash flies on your helmet, so to and speak. And sometimes, sometimes in your mouth, yeah.
1: taking them... Uh, off the helmet, bouncing into the mouth.
0: Yes. Um, um, Garibaldi <laughs> was also a style of beard. I don't know what beard it is, but um mm. but also keeping to the drinks link, uh Garibaldi is also the name of a cocktail made mm. from, uh, made from orange juice and campari. It so is there you go. It's just a very music, very, very popular
1: giving. bar in um in New York made a they reinvented it. Uh Naran the bartender there made it with fresh orange juice. It's a fantastic drink. Um, and there's a cyclist, I think that's Contador, uh, behind me eating a biscuit proof that biscuits are part of really <laughs> tour de France. I mean, Let's we just are have a look. the links here are just
0: I can't endless. believe it.
1: He's eating one of those shit French biscuits, though, you know, like sometimes you get in there supermarkets. Oh, marches. no, that looks
0: like one of those sort of quite chewy, go, uh, like yeah, like, waffly sort of. No, 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 I, I like Nonsense. a prince, uh, French, they've got those prince ones The with the there's uh, there's two discs. Biscuit discs, and then a a, a a slimmer, slightly smaller in um circumference yes, chocolate. Yeah, like I've never, I've
1: never, I have to say, I've always found that going to France, the the biscuit game has been lacking a bit. That's not, oh, that's not what they're, well, no, they're no, really. Could've... But they win everywhere else. Yeah, um, if you're going for a sweet treat, then the 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 pastry game. Is oh, strong, uh, second to none. Coffee um, though, but the cheese strangely,
0: going, coffee, strangely not as good as you'd hope. I think true. we've overtaken uh, France in terms of our barista action.
1: Yeah, but you um, can make your own coffee.
0: Yeah, well. that's true.
1: So I don't mind that too much. Um, other foods from the region: um, salad, cheese. Old oh, salad, Nisswa. Yeah. Let course, me talk so. you through
0: the salad, Nisswa, Tom, <clears> because. Um there's a lot of misinformation when it comes to the Saladness was and uh one of the the, the mayors of uh Nice has actually written a book. I think he was called I think he's called Francois médecin and I think he was a wronger, and I think he had right wing uh, um tendencies. He supported the National Front and and was a real womanizer. Uh, which is terrible, but he did know about salad niçoise. So it's, again, swings and roundabouts. But did you know that um, if you speak to a, a true niswaz person, you don't have tuna in a salad niswaz. Anchovies uh, you, all the way. You
1: have told me this. I mean, I find that remarkable. Yeah, no that is, waxy little
0: potatoes. That's not. <sighs> that's not good. Like you put capers in. Mm. broad beans probably ahead of French beans um, but if French beans are in season then go for that um, and then you've got to have really ripe red tomatoes um, so um, there's a very good article by Felicity Cloak in The Guardian all about um, the, the myths and the misunderstandings around the salad and, was. and also you shouldn't have hot eggs in the salad this was. you need to cool them down mm. Okay. Because anything worse than a hot, sort of lukewarm hot runny egg, going into cold salad. Well, there are lots of things worse than that. Yeah, many. Oh, Covid. COVID.
1: <laughs> I got uh, one I straight mean, off the I bat.
0: Could go on, but you know what I mean.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, we'll check that out. Felicity, we love Felicity. We've uh, yeah. been on, I was in India with Felicity on, a, on a, I was
0: in Barbados with Felicity, so uh, I think So
1: we've, we've been to some pretty exotic places with Felicity, but she yeah. is. Uh, one of the best food writers around. So check that out. And she would also, I'm sure, bang She's r- up on the um, the, the fact the, that uh, Ratatouille comes from this region. Does it? A, yeah, it's a Provençal, Provencia, Provencia, uh, come on Provencal. Tom. Provençal, sorry mate. Provençal, uh, vegetable stew, <laughs> it's a stew. It's uh, with things like uh, courgettes in it. it. comes from the Occitan word,
0: Occitan. Yeah. Occitan
1: yeah, uh, rata, 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 which is a French word for Toulie, which means to toss, toss it, it up. <laughs> uh, so um, that's, that's, and ratatouille that's, is a f- uh,
0: obviously in the name of a film.
1: Yeah, which we've um, yet to watch the- actually with the kids. So I know it's, your, very your good. Boys, it's very is, good, it's very good.
0: and My son Remy is named after the rat, out of ratatouille. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, it's such, a, such a charming story yeah. about. Harry no, but Harry. he's a really, he's a really good rat. Exactly. Uh, I'm not giving a spoiler away here, but the way he he's a he's a French rat who mates who mates it in the prison kitchen mm. by hiding under the hat of a chef and pulling his hair. Um, right. and but he pulls it the way he pulls the hair means the chef. Then like a puppet he's like, like a, puppet. a puppet exactly, exactly. puts in um,
1: seasoning and yeah, exactly. ratatouille
0: and, and this chef becomes like the darling of French cuisine but in fact it's the rat underneath it's the hat so um, it's a great story I don't know if it's mm. true no uh,
1: Pommes des Alpes d'Autes um oh, fresh but... apples uh, they come from this sort of region uh, Golden Delicious Gala varieties uh, so if you like those um you can get those out and olive oil which we're going to come back to shortly um but it's a big region for olive oil so loads of food stuff loads of great history in nice yeah um during the greek empire of 500 bc um the hill above the old town was named nike which is uh, greek for history or or nike depending on how you want to pronounce that word, uh, which obviously has a, a connection to the sport. And yes. there is one of the sport's most famous faces who was a big, uh, big wearer of Nike, who Lance was that,
0: Armstrong. Then? That's Lance. Oh, Armstrong. yeah, I remember him. <clears throat> yeah, he was really he good,
1: wasn't he? He's holding up seven fingers there, so that must be when he won his seventh yeah. Tour de France. Um, and Uh, and he wore Nike so that was the connection to Nice there and talking of drugs (laughs) there's the word heroin behind me uh, because part of Nice's history also relates to Catherine Secourin uh, who was a a washerwoman in Nice and in 1506 when the city was under siege from a flotilla of 20,000 Franco Turks this washerwoman, oh. she climbed the walls of the castle and she whacked one of the guys who was climbing out of the castle, an attacker, with a laundry bat, bats, <laughs> bats again coming into the news, um, and uh, also <laughs> yeah, scaring off really. tourists by the yeah. sounds of it. <laughs> um, and he, she whacked one of these lads, apparently killing him. Um, and oh. after she did, she grabbed his flag, lifted up her skirt, and made a gesture like she was wiping her. Body. What a, Whoa, what a what lady, lady. So she And then a what
0: did furry. they do? They all ran. They were like they
1: all, they all mess- lost morale. Actually, <laughs> it's like right. If this washerwoman can beat us with a with a laundry bat, um, because they'd been under siege for days and they hadn't been very successful, so they genuinely they they did they did leave. So right. um, so yeah, they were at three thousand inhabitants in Nice against all these Franco Turks. It was a real uh, rear guard action.
0: <laughs> Literally, well done. Um, well, that um, reminds me of a story about um, Tom Simpson, uh, Tour de France rider, who famously, uh, very sadly, died as uh, when he was climbing up a very big mountain. There was an interview in Cyclist magazine with um, his his uh, his teammate, who on that day he's called uh, Colin Lewis, a Welsh lad, um, uh, and he was uh, he was sent uh, Colin was sent back by Tom to get some. Uh, some provisions like they raided a bar, so he one of those bar raids where he had to go and get food and drink for, and then cycle back and give it to Tom so he could win the stage. Um, and he got back, and uh, Tom said to him as they were cycling along, he said, uh, um, He asked, he said, Colin give me your hat.' Uh, and apparently, Tom he whipped off Colin's hat from his Great Britain hat from his head, which was like all clean and white. And starched and he said, "What are you doing, Tom?" And he goes, "I want to shit. I need to wipe my ass. Wait for me." (laughs) (laughs) So he got off his bike, wiped his heart with his hat, wipes his bum with his mate's fresh GB hat, Uh, his pride (laughs) and joy. And then he had to, uh, and then he went, got back on his bike, and and Colin had to take him back to the peloton. And then uh, a bit later, he had to go down and get some booze for him. Gave him some brandy. and uh, and that was the last thing he drank before he died. Yeah, sadly I wonder whether Colin kept Tom the Simpson, hat.
1: one of the ha- a handful, I think, three, three or four, maybe riders who've died on Tour. is one yeah. of the most punishing sporting endurances in the, in in any. It's just amazing. a very unpleasant three weeks of <laughs> hell. Did um, do it? yeah, I think the thing with Lance was he wasn't the only one doing them um and uh, it was you know it's just, it's a fair fight if everyone's on them um yeah. but no i i
0: i we it's do. I think Drug taking tank. drugs is dangerous.
1: Um, but um, but we, well, that brings us back to the cycling, which we, yes. we, should, we should probably mention for anyone who's tuned into our Port de France, hoping to get some insights into what's been going on in the in the Tour de France, we would direct them to another podcast, <laughs> the <laughs> one about um, the, the cycling podcast, where they're doing a fantastic um, work on the Tour de France. But uh, it did start in Nice and uh, it has been in Nice 36 times. Um, since the first time it was there in 1906 and it was won by a man called George Leon Passerou. Uh, As a side note, in 1908, George uh, was the only cyclist to climb the Ballon d'Alsace and the Chartreuse, without dismounting his bicycle. Oh, that gives you an insight into what they were like in 1908. Everyone else
0: just were like, sod this. They just girl. got off their bikes to walk and walked it. up. <laughs> I mean, but nice. they were probably made out of lead or something, weren't they? They're, they're Maybe, bikes.
1: even so. It's called a bike race, not a nice walk with your bikes. <sighs> the
0: but then bike, they weren't there? all pumped up on amphetamines. Well,
1: they were all drinking. And I think yes. that's a fur- <laughs> further indication that alcohol and bike riding is not the best Blend. And they were
0: doing um the, the I mean not at that that particular age but those those French Pelletier brothers who used to they just did cocaine on the whole way round they called it Frozen March. Um, It'll have a,
1: a reasonable effect on you for a very short time. Yeah, uh, not that I have much of experience energy, I of no. uh, <laughs> such things, but um, I can't see it having a, a long term positive influence no. on you. And I also they said that they couldn't sleep, sleep at night. Me. Yeah. Oh <laughs> well you don't take it at night, mate. I'll finish it's <laughs> well, a wrap. Come on. <laughs> get on. Let's get on it. Also, it can you also imagine day, a
0: peloton just... full of people doing Coke and everyone yeah. just talking <laughs> just over each other.
1: chatting shit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they,
0: they would if you were the one person who weren't wasn't doing coke, you'd you'd just cycle ahead just to get away from them. You'd probably win the, the stage every 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 day. Yeah. Um <laughs> So, so who? Yeah. Um, so the, the, before before we kick off on the stages, have you got? A, who, I mean, there's no British riders who are likely to win it this year.
1: Well, but, Ben, at this stage we can we can speculate as much as we like because we're only three stages in, and um, and I think as we go through the, through through those three stages with with what we know from the first three stages, I think we might certainly after stage two, we started to think that maybe Adam Yates. Um, was what we call a GC contender, a contender for the overall yellow mm. jersey, the winner, winner mm. of the race overall. And we certainly went into the race not believing there was a British contender at all. Um, I, I, I think to go to the question before the race started, uh, you backed Pino, didn't you? The um, yeah, for
0: uh, several uh, reasons. Wine. He uh, got a name like a wine. Yeah, that's, a good, well, that's type the best of great. reason, really. That's, yeah. That was the main reason. He's French, and I'm a bit French, and the French haven't won it for about 35 years. Um, I also like him because he's, um, uh, he's got goats. If you go on his Instagram, mm. he's very friendly with lots of different of goats, and he's apparently a very nice guy, and he's spoken out quite vociferously against drug-taking. Um, which they all do until they get caught. Yeah. But yeah. Um, everyone seems to think that he's a he's a good guy, he's a top top boy. Um. But as we'll probably f- discover now, um, uh, it, it's not. I put I've put a tenner on him actually. Put yeah. some actual money. Bit, don't, don't gamble um, when the fun by. stops. Stop. Um. But uh, I think, yeah, well, I, I want him. I, I think it would be lovely for the French to win the tour. Yes, uh, it would, but
1: I, that wouldn't be the Frenchman I'd choose. I would like to see Ala Philippe win. Yeah, Julien, he's got Philippe, cool. who's, who's who's very cool and rides the bike, not like me in any way, but he's slightly erratic and uh, and throws the bike around, which is like me, but then goes about twenty times faster than me. And um, he's just a bit of bit more of a character. And, and although he probably won't win, it will have the yellow jersey for potentially for a, for a fair amount. Of it so I, as and Pino apparently is he's a bit uh, well, they're not Unlucky sure he's as got well. to put the balls to, to actually um to see it through. So I think it's more likely to be a rider from uh, one of the two teams, the Jumbo Visma team, um, who are the team to beat apparently this year, and Ineos Grenadier. And anyone who's got a cursory interest in cycling and bike racing and the Tour de France will know of Sky's success. Um, Brailsford jumped across to Ineos, or when Ineos bought the team, went with it, and uh, they called themselves Ineos Grenadiers, and they've got a couple of Colombians talking of um, <laughs> it's a very unfair generalisation talking of drugs. Uh, they've got a couple. They've got What's some about, Colombians. Coffee, bit. coffee. Oh, yeah, coffee. Mm-hmm. Egan Bernal, who's last year's winner. And he so little, so famous. little, isn't he? He is, I and mean, he's only young. It's in his early twenties. It's like bloody hell. You're meant to be. It's, they say you should reach thirty and you've got the experience to win a tour, um, and he's won one already. So he could. What be do there.
0: they say about forty-four? They say started we. About a year ago. We, we,
1: we, if you've managed to get up to uh, sort of forty-kilometer bike rides, uh, averaging twenty-five kilometers an hour, you, you're in. You're in. <laughs> you should go then. Do, the, do the I once some-
0: um. Uh, I'm finally fulfilling uh, a lie I told a girl in Brentford Leisure Centre. I I met this girl in Brentford Leisure Centre when I was 13, maybe 14, and I ended up doing kissy face with her. And she asked me why I had no hair on my legs, because I've got no hair on my legs for some reason. And I told her I was a (laughs) professional Tour de France rider at age 13. I mean... Still... (laughs)
1: They're coming back for you. Yeah.
0: They're coming back for you. These are the yeah. stories. These are the stories you've
1: locked away, uh, and you, they're they're going to be. What do you
0: think to say?
1: Yeah. Obviously um, not true. But anyway. <laughs> still, still worked. So uh, so we're on a quick one on the race. Um, Stage one was uh, Nice Moyen to Nice, um, which was 156 kilometers. Apparently, a nice easy start. It looked like a piece of piss on paper. Um, We're doing the Norfolk 100 uh, at the end of September the 20th, the Paris stage we'll be doing the Norfolk 100 miler so that's longer so that proves this really is a piece of piss um, yeah. but it turned out it wasn't because it rained and rain is the worst as no. we know uh, no, rain and wind, is rain the and worst. wind.
0: that's the worst
1: <laughs> they're the worst um but it rained and going back to that olive oil story there was one rumor that because there's lots of olive trees and it's happening at a different time of year this year the olives have fallen on the on the road yes and it was very very slippery and it was very entertaining to watch in, in as much as lots of the riders were falling over and you can see there I've got a picture of a rider That's Peanut uh, isn't it? Uh, no it's I, I don't know if it's um so oh, it's no. not this year's tour to be fair it's a uh, oh. quick step it's a quick step rider but he's got what they call road rash I That's bad. it should be called road out because <laughs> it seems to strip off their rather flimsy clothes. Why don't you wear something stronger? And and indeed, the first few layers of their skin when they fall. Yeah, so no, it, it doesn't look good.
0: Um, oh, as you can see, my the picture of Pino I've got behind me. There's you can see his his, his armors. Yeah, he, he was a he was one of the major casualties of it. But luckily, he crashed after the when sort of three three kilometers from the end. If you mm. crash after that, you you classify as finished anyway. But it was yeah. like, you know, it was like... Rod <laughs> that Hull's would be roof my strategy. I've
1: mm. doing that every day. <laughs> <laughs> just, just get be, to three miles. Just ride it up a curb and yeah. fall off and go, oh, yeah, i finished. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there yeah, were some spectacular
0: crashes. One of them was on a descent oh. where the guy just... Uh, the, the the wheel locked and he um just slid and went... St- it was quite comical. He's fine and he just went into a lamppost didn't um it did but well, it was, was the a way bit of give
1: yeah the way he skid skidded was what brought up the rumour of olive oil oh. he just
0: couldn't
1: he couldn't stop could he, he just sort of no it was a movistar and the, the thing about that was as well the Movistar team everyone the whole Peloton had agreed it's pretty slippery let's go really slowly here which that was a great decision so everyone went at the same speed but then Movistar started to try and race again and it was his rider in front who forced him to Shit his pants and go into a signpost. I mean, oh, what a bunch of bellends!
0: And everyone yeah. and everyone called the M- movie star rider a bellend. I think. Yeah, but, I uh, think I don't know what French is for bellend. Oh, <laughs> we know that. Cloche du We We do know that. Cloche du one, fin.
1: one of our shows, I think. Yeah. Um, but going back to whether we could ride the Tour de France, the stage was won by a Norwegian, Christoph, who's 34. And if you go back and look at the images of Christoph, I haven't managed to find one that really does it justice. He's got a bit of gut on him. He's, he's quite a big Has lad. He? So, Wicked. yeah, it's worth checking him out because it would suggest that we, um, we, could, we could compete. Um, yeah. <laughs> one and day. he's
0: had four children, apparently, because I was told yeah. when I was trying to have children uh, with, with my wife, um, that cycling was bad for the uh, the ball sack but he's <laughs> yeah. had four
1: I think it's the combination of diet and, <laughs> and you riding a bike yeah. if you're a healthy athlete and you ride a bike probably a bit you're probably alright um, so that was stage one he got the yellow jersey he got to wear it the next day which he wore for a little bit but stage two uh, was a bit more hilly so he was a, kind of, he was a sprinter and it went from Nice-Ot-Pay Ben, would be. To, uh, to Nice, uh, loads of climbing, colder commun, uh, colder Turini fucking hills. <laughs> I hate hills, Ben. <laughs> going up hills in the wind and rain, that's the worst. Hills yeah, are the worst. That is bad. Um, there are going to be a lot of hills on this tour, so we, we, we talk it's about a climber's that. tour, isn't it? Very it much, it is. So. Um, but uh, after loads of riding bikes, <laughs> three chaps, um, they broke away, and Alaphilippe was one of them, Hershey. Was one of them, which was a surprise. He's a young Swiss rider, and Hershey always makes me think sort of think of, the, think of the shits. Yeah, um, and then British rider Adam Yates. Now Yates apparently is only there to win a few stages, but because he was in the top three with Alaphilippe, there's talk that maybe, maybe he he could be uh, an overall GC contender. We're not going to really know that i don't
0: think, uh, i'm very skeptical about that,
1: i think I, I think the way that stage three went suggests that Ineos grenadiers and uh jumbo visma they're, 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 they're the ones that are playing it all cool and they're going to do what they want to do um but but let's back Yates because he's a Mickleton scott rider and as we said that's um yeah. a, <clears throat> a winemaker so he's got a wine on his shirt which is good that's good um stage three was another very long bike ride, <laughs> <laughs> 198 kilometers from Nice what to Sicily. Make it shorter, make it so easier. On. On. <laughs> um, so, they took the route to Napoleon, the route taken by Napoleon in 1815 on his return mm. from Elba, which started his 100 days, famous 100 days that ended at Waterloo. Got <laughs> <Cut> it. At
0: <laughs> that. You started, um, mate. We finished it.
1: Yeah, and uh, one of the worst things that happened here was the polka dot jersey competition, which is the polka dot jerseys for the king of the mountain.
0: Mm. And
1: um and Frenchman Perez is going up against um the Frenchman Cosnefroy. Now that, that is not how you yes. pronounce
0: it. No, I know. It, it, um, it's not it's phonetic, isn't it? But, no. But he oh, keeps
1: clef or something. Clefair. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it by the end of the talk. Yeah. Um, but they were having a really good competition for King of the Mountain. And then uh, the Frenchman Perez, who was riding for Cofferdis, which I think sounds a bit like a Latin for COVID, um, he, he fell off and broke his collarbone. So he's out of the race. Very I mean, common,
0: isn't it? Yeah. Um, and only when you fall, you keep your, feet, uh, keep your arms uh, in. You see a lot of them just going face first onto the yeah. ground.
1: And you think, well, that can't be right. But, but apparently as put, soon as you put your arm out, out you, you stretch it and, um, and you do your collarbone. Um, but that was a real sprint finish. Everyone thought the uh, De quick quickstep sprinter, who's an Irishman who we'd like to see win some mm-hmm. stages, Sam Bennett would take it by. He was just pipped at the post by. Uh, you can the spot him
0: because he's got an Irish helmet.
1: Yeah, very, very distinctive. Um,
0: Irish Big shiny uh, <laughs> orange bit.
1: Some angry colours on it. Yeah, Uh, and Australian Caleb Ewan nipped in, and he nicked it. So there's the racing. Just for anyone who really does want to listen to that, I just think it's kind of
0: uh, what we're hoping with the summary of the racing is that people listening to the pod can turn up at a pub and someone, if someone mentions it, you can go, "Oh yeah, well," and you'll just have just enough to bluff it. Yeah. Uh, But if you again, if you want more details, go to the cycling podcast or watch. The ITV4 highlights and Eurosport are brilliant. I think
1: ITV4 is, better. is is better at the moment. They seem to um, they seem to have a bit of a wit about them, and they play a really cool mm. track at the end as well. They seem to top and tail it with actual comedy, and um, yeah, I, I I'd go the for it. The Bardet
0: stuff's good, isn't it?
1: Bardet, Day
0: bar Day. <laughs> oh, that
1: was a good that was a good track when Bardet uh, won. Well done yeah. then. Um, so, uh, but we're here to talk about the drinks. Yeah. So we're right. in the 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 coast we and we're going to go with a Auvergne uh, Provence Provençal region. And really, for as a region as a whole, we've gone for a drink that uh, covers m- most of the region, and that would be rosé. Uh, now, wine has been made in this region for over two thousand six hundred years. The Greeks were here first, and they were making Provence the oldest wine producing region in France when they landed mm-hmm. there um, and it's perfect it's a perfect region for wine now um, Ben and Where I have been doing time? a great deal of wine writing in recent uh, yeah. the Telegraph and written piece for the Spectator on wine and we've become experts, experts, I, experts I say, uh, experts. in this field um, and the region is Ben, I, I, I know you know a little bit, but... Uh, yeah, well, I done know a, a lot, of Tom. But dig, ...digging here. Yeah. And the region of, uh, of Provence is great yeah. because, get this... Why is it so good? It gets uh, lots of sunshine.
0: Gets sunshine in your okay. When does not, it...
1: Not too much rain. Not too so much, okay. That's what's quite specific, isn't it? And, it's, and it has warm days. Warm days, yeah. And cool what? evenings. You're kidding me. I'm not... I shit you not. So like you're telling me,
0: no, I mean, like, okay, hang on, how on, on, let's just rewind. So the, the grapes grown in this region benefit from a climate that's sunny during the day, sunny, warm during, and predominantly during the summer, I think is, is it is. Well, yeah, uh, they get yeah, a lot and of the, sunshine. And, and, and at night.
1: Because the sun comes up during the day and that's when it's sunny and it's, and that makes it warmer for the grapes. Right.
0: Not and then, anything and else and then when the, the sun sets and, uh, and, and the moon comes out well, the moon at night, yeah has that's not as so hot it's not, it's not hot so as hot it hot. got stars so but they don't really give not, any heat um, so and that's cooler nights so the, the greatest mm. benefit from that yeah and uh, are there any of the well, vineyards on a hill
1: well interesting you should say that because the topography uh, is is quite favorable to uh the Provence region, in that it is hilly, and mm. there are because of there are hills, there are sheltered valleys. And right. vines like to grow in ground, they grow right. in ground, right? Um, and they like to fight against certain soil uh, okay. types. So, uh, yeah, it's a bit rocky, and, um, and there's some granite. Is that
0: why you don't get some... many grapes and vineyards in really, really cold places that are cold during the day and cold during the night?
1: To, could be a reason well as as we become more experts on the subject yeah. i'm sure we'll we we'll explore that further um it's hard mm. though it's pretty hard i, I just i mean uh, the more i love about wine the more i i am um,
0: yeah I, I mean it's okay so but, talk so this is because so, i've been to this region and i've tasted um all of them yeah i've tasted all of the wines in the <laughs> province <for> recently. <laughs> every single one <laughs> um <laughs> i
1: take oh, chapeau chapeau uh i take my health to you mister um uh, we have got uh one that you might not have tasted before no and i now. have I've tasted this one have you have you tasted yeah. this one yeah okay yeah. well uh, this one is a is a quality rose now um rose has made a massive comeback in recent years it's a very popular wine and a lot of people like it because of the aesthetics it's slightly pink Hue. Mm. Uh, It's it's not necessarily respected as much as some of the other uh, grapes, the wine styles, Um, uh, perhaps slightly unfairly maligned because when it's made properly, like they do in Provence, uh, Mm. it's it's a fantastic wine style. And the the quality roses are made by leaching some of the colour from. Uh, the red or the black grapes that they use. A black grape is a wine variety that's Mm. a very deeper red or almost black skin like a like a blueberry or a blackberry and they crush them um, to get the juice out. It's important to say that um, the the the, the juice from these grapes is going to red and white varieties is going to be uh, transparent or it's going to have a a light color it's not going to be red so the, the colors coming from from the The skin, so they they crush them, and still sometimes, uh, Ben, and I'm sure you've you've Mm -hmm. done this as well. uh, Mm -hmm. You get to do it by foot, bit like pedaling. I find it's like pedalling, exactly. And it's a lovely, romantic way to do it, unless your feet look like Ben's. (laughs) Actually,
0: you know what? My feet have improved. Have they? Good, because
1: they did look like that. I mean, that's not an exaggeration. No, no, they were
0: really bad. They were bad. Well, it's because I ran them. It all started, I ran a marathon, and all my nails fell off. It was really bad. Uh, Oh,
1: uh, uh, I'm going to get rid of that bit, Jack, yeah, it's no, it's a good bit.
0: um Anyway, but, um,
1: so, they, so they, they crush the grapes, then they ferment with skins. Um, the black skin grapes are lightly crushed. The skins remain in contact with the juice for anywhere up to one to three days while they're fermenting it. So the key to a good Provence Rosé, apparently, mm-hmm. is uh, producers aiming for the lightest colour possible without compromising the flavour profile. Yeah. Um, so if I have a problem
0: um, with some of those right, overly f- fruity. Yes, this is where with the strawberry yeah. type stuff. I can't stand that. And but well. it's pale, dry, crisp, very um, very much. Uh, this this I could drink very easily. A lot of. Well.
1: What we've got, right. we should say, is a Berry Brothers wine. It's the Provence Rosé Chateau Le Mascaron. Mascaron, Chateau Mascarone. Le Mascaron, Mascaron, um, If you're looking for special wines, uh, we should say, Berry Brothers and Rudd are pr- pretty much on it. Um, they've the oldest uh, wine manager in Britain, Tom. <clears throat> they are. They've had two royal warrants over yeah. three hundred years of history. Uh, they still operate from number three St. James's Street in London where they've been since 1968 so they're brilliant wine merchants mm-hmm. um, and they, uh, they they've produced this wine in in conjunction um, with another uh, winemaker Macon. it's an organic rosé um, and it's Berry Brothers and Tom Bove uh, forgive me Tom not being a wine writer i'm not sure if that's how you pronounce your name um i'm not a wine writer despite the obvious expertise um and he owned but he owned miraval um yes might be yeah it's brangelina they 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 bought that vineyard of him and then he went on to go and set this up uh the wine is made by laurence bellemont
0: Bellemont. uh,
1: Bellemont, uh, who's lauded for his craft whites and rosés and his Provincial pink blends a Grenache grape, a Saint Salt, and a role-, role. There
0: we go. the <laughs> accent, That's how you but Role. Eh?
1: The point to make about it is it is slightly paler than some of the sort of cheaper rosés you're going to find in the shop. It smells very delicate, and you've got a slight slightly, slight, hint of um, maybe peach on there, mm-hmm. maybe something citrusy as well, like Start like lemony thing.
0: Mm, mm. Mm-hmm. I'm getting, I um,
1: oh, I get the citrus a lot, light really crisp, very mm. nice, crisp, light. Um, and but it's still going, it's got quite a nice now length I, on it. It's still see, in the mouth. Mm.
0: Normally, almost, with a rose, still. I the 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 uh the range of quality seems to be. Um, not as wide with rosé as it is with red, and, red and white. Uh, if someone says to me, "Here's a really good rosé, and here's an average rosé," like, well, no. to differentiate between the two is quite is is difficult, more difficult. And what was interesting, I holidayed with loads of Frenchies, and when we brought out the rosé, they were like, "No, no, 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 we don't drink rosé." But then they tried tried this, they loved it, all over it. Yeah. There you go. Um, and I think this is very good. <clears throat> I love
1: it. It's, 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 I mean, it is, a, it is a wine I'd probably, uh, I'd probably recommend having with, with some food uh, rather than just drinking alone. But I would call that food Twiglets and Peanuts, and yes. I'd have it at the start of the evening. Absolutely. Nice and crisp. Uh, maybe some Pringles dipped into yep. some hummus for two types of food. Um, the, it doesn't necessarily I'd go, have to go with, do
0: You it, know, what, it, I'd go for a kettle, <gasps> a kettle chip.
1: A kettle chip?
0: A nice. kettle chip with taramu and this. Oh because you've got the salt from the ship, you've got the, the cod row, yeah. you've got this. Yeah. comes together.
1: Or something subtle like a tuna uh, not a tuna, uh salad, salad this one. no with, with no tuna not tuna. Yeah. Uh, it costs fifteen pounds ninety five and you can get that online at BBR.com, which is Berry Brothers and Rudd dot com, and it's a smashing gear. It's so lovely. That is a good wine We've done quite to start a long, though, on. Yeah, so our tour off we've, we've actually up. picked some up for our for our own collection. It's uh it's that 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 dish
0: yeah, I mean if, <coughs> if it makes into our discerning wine rack, then it it must be good.
1: Yeah. Uh <laughs> it goes right next to the Jacobs Creek. Yeah. So stage three, just to jump ahead to stage three, because that went through the Alp Maritime uh from and, and into the Alp Dute Provence. Mm-hmm. Um so that's a really big region for aroma and flavor. Uh, lavender, honey, loads of botan- botanicals up there. And the race actually passed through Grasse, yes. uh, which famously rhymes with sort of ass, <laughs> I yes. thought, Ben. Um, and this is home to Comte du Gras. Uh, Comte du Grasse. Uh, which is um, is a distillery and uh, they specialise in, in spirits that really take advantage of a lot of the aromatics around it. Grasse is quite a famous place in its own right. Edith, mm-hmm. Edith P F lived, lived here. Um, there's Edith. Regret rien. Regret rien. And, um, <clears throat> and they also have a festival up here called the Fête du Jasmin um, or La Jasminade which is uh, a famous festival of flowers, uh, uh, as the jasmine would suggest, because it's such an, an important region for the aromatic petals. And essentially, it sees women just walking around, um, throwing, throwing flowers out at audiences on, from carnivals, uh, s- floats, uh, wearing very very little, very skimpy outfits. Really? Which brings me on to the oh. fact that they did actually say in the, the, the preamble to the tour, those pretty girls who stand on the podium with the writers yeah, 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 weren't going to be there, but they, they are. They are there.
0: Um, no, back. no, 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 no. It's um, Well, they are there, but they also have a nice uh, dishy hunk. A cac de boeuf. Do you know what oh, cake no, de boeuf but, is in
1: French? <laughs>
0: beef, beef. I assume
1: it's beef. I assume no, it's, it's A gâteau
0: de boeuf, in fact.
1: Uh, okay. Is, that, is uh, that Yeah, correct? they have a
0: gâteau du boeuf and okay. a uh, and a uh, and uh, a nice lady. So it's it's yeah. gender neutral. Is that you say gender neutral? Sort of. There's one man, yeah. one woman on the podium. Uh. Um, which, if you can, I don't want to get all all uh, politically correct here, but it is the fact that it's taken them until 2020 to decide that maybe just having two dolly birds kissing a Tour de France rider. Yeah, I mean that's it's not.
1: That's the French though, Ben. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> they don't give up on
0: tradition. And they that's really the, don't. Uh, the jasmine and they are move. very pretty. Ooh, are, they
1: are extraordinarily good-looking young ladies. Yeah. And and um, and, and, uh, as,
0: and as we pointed out, the cycling is very very hard. And yeah. yeah it, so if the maybe when it. you're going out the mountain, you think if I just put another, really go for it, I'm going to get a kiss of those ladies. Maybe that's what they were thinking.
1: They were, but the kissing has been ruled out because of COVID. Oh, that, yeah. was, uh, that was one of the reasons they said but they were But do you think if they it.
0: didn't um, have COVID, the man would kiss him as well?
1: Hmm. Well, they do kiss anyway, don't they, the they French they men? Weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> have you
0: been watching um,
1: Call My Agent? Is it Call My Agent? No, it's called The, the 10% in French. So French, um, oh, nice very and good. good. Very good on Netflix. You've got to check it out. Um, it's an exceptional comedy drama about it but but you'll notice that all the men kiss each other yeah um, bought that, bought that up. um the point of mentioning grass as well as uh, this distillery is it produces over two-thirds of france's natural aromas by which yeah. we don't mean windy pops uh we mean perfume for food and uh, for perfume and for food and, and flavorings uh, the perfume industry has been there since the 18th century and it really grass is the center of the french perfume industries so those are the world's perfume capital 10, so my, first, 000...
0: my first ever girlfriend was a dutch girl who was training to be a perfume okay she, it... she um she went to grass and made me an aftershave specifically oh. for me
1: oh and i won't tell you what it smelled like smell like pissed <laughs> make sure everyone hated you yeah <laughs> it was a cruel trick well done her um, but 10,000 residents of Grass are indirectly employed by the perfume industry. So it's a, it's a big deal up there. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of these techniques have been used in our gin. It's called yeah. 44 Degrees North. And it does come from Distillery Comte du Grasse. Oh, um, they they went up there and they found an old perfumery that was laying empty. Um, and it's still with a brick chimney. It's all part of the... Um, the perfume industry back in 1820 uh, and they use these distilling methods to make this exceptionally luxury gin Um, and it's got cutting edge sort of perfume extraction technology involved in it including ultrasonic maceration ben Um, oh my
0: favorite type of maceration well
1: yeah. I mean, maceration is a slow process and in the case of when you macerate something, you put a botanical into a spirit and you have to leave it there for a week, maybe longer to get those aromas and flavours out of there. So ultrasonic maceration intensifies maceration um, uh, by applying turbulence. Really? Uh, turbulences to the maceration mixture so um so it accelerates it which is quite interesting Uh, vacuum distillation which we've seen in action up at crazy gin in wolverhampton yeah they're using a, a method of cold distillation under vacuum rotary evaporator which is not that uncommon these days in in distilling world and they also use co2 supercritical extraction as well ben you know supercritical extraction yeah okay um using uh supercritical fluids as the extracting solvent you know like um yeah uh, apparently these supercritical fluids you can find in other places like saturn and other planets that are on earth so i mean really Really getting into into uh, the science of this now, and I'm, i I started to drift there when I was reading this on
0: Wikipedia. Well, you know, they also uh, one of the botanicals is uh, patchouli. Ah, okay. Patchouli is the it's is that that hippy incense stick smell you get in a very popular ah, in the seventies. Yes. Yeah. So you in, get in that universities as well. Yeah. So that is ah, a very distinct. And ah, you know, in 1985, good. Mattel used patchouli oil in the plastic uh, that was used to produce an action figure from Masters of the Universe called Stinker. Oh, yeah! Do you remember Stinker?
1: Good knowledge! Good knowledge! Yeah. Uh, I didn't have those, those figures, but my brother did. Um, I think, yeah, he had a few of them. He oh, was essentially a humanoid knowledge. skunk
0: whose superpower yeah. is yeah. the ability to release his toxic odour from his body that renders foes immobile so but that's not experience. what a gin tastes like by the way i just want to it's make that not, very clear
1: i, I mean uh, i i've got my my sample in a, in, <laughs> in a highly appropriate um bidon how did you pronounce that word
0: Bidon. Yeah. yeah yeah which i'm sure is
1: exactly how they intended as you can see from the bottle in the picture there it is beautiful it's lovely uh, and that as well as that botanical they've used 22 in total uh, samphire, verbena, grapefruit, cade, juniper, which is prickly juniper, grows in the, in the med regions, um, and Sichuan pepper, grapefruit, mimosa, horse parsley. Oh, lovely. Uh, and with all those pretty, pretty scientific extraction, aroma, aromatic and flavour oil extraction processes, you can, as you can imagine, it smells pretty Bloody good, um, uh, it's, It is slightly... They get, do get that slightly floral note to go back to the Jasmine Festival and uh, all the beautiful flowers that are growing in this region. It costs £75 a bottle, um, which um, would be outrageous, but I've just recently been asked by The Telegraph to write about a gin that costs about £1,200 a bottle. So I, I think the, the £75 is probably the top end of where we should be spending our money on gin, maybe. But, um, but when it's had that much... Uh, it's involvement in science and, and it comes from this region it's all it's all quite impressive i'd say maybe and the bottle looks like that maybe 75 quid you can stretch and there's more. the
0: 44 else how strong it is
1: mm. Mm. and it's it tastes good, good. Uh, it tastes good i mean we should do could, 75 quid you should uh, a gin it looks we nice. are getting into the realms of ridiculous when we start to push 100 pounds Plus. But I, I I don't know. I think I, I like the story there and I think mm. maybe if you're gonna have one super luxury gin on your on your drinks table, maybe the the forty-four degree north from
0: Comte de Grasse. Comte de Grasse. is a, a full. Also everything that reason that region is quite um it's not cheap, is it? Because no. No. So and, there, and there it was you go. yeah, very nice. Literally nice. Nice, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and The race actually
1: went through grass, so it couldn't be more appropriate. Um, The race didn't go through where the final thing I wanted to talk about was piquant. It didn't actually go through there, but this is a drink of the region, a bit like um, rosé, which is uh, very popular, and piquant amer. um, Now, French amers are a bit like the Italian amaros, um, (laughs) and (laughs) similarly served before Dinner or after dinner, because they're full of botanicals, um, which aid digestion or help in terms of um, preempting the palate for uh, for your food. So they tend to be bitter. The story of pecan, in particular, uh, it was created in uh, 1837 by Gaetan. Piquon, a Frenchman doing his military service in North Africa, who, uh, as he was undoubtedly running away, Ben, from the mm-hmm. fight, got a mosquito bite, contracted malaria, as did many of his fellow soldiers. And this is a story we've heard be- before. Um, they started to take quinine to protect themselves against uh, the malaria. And so while he was hiding <laughs> in his cave, he worked out a way to get the quinine soluble and drinkable. Uh, and he came up with his piquen. Uh, Today, they make it using two separate distillates, one using orange peels and one using gentian roots, which are popular for this region of, of, of France, we'll find them popping up in other drinks later in our podcast series, and uh, quinquina, uh, quinine. And then they blend those two distillates and then they add some caramel and some uh, sugar, frankly which is good because the mm. difference between the French Amer and the Italian Amaro is that the French tend to have a slightly sweeter drink. Um, yeah. Now, Picon bier you may have seen if you've been in this region, they tend to put into uh, Pilsner beer, just a yeah. shot of that in the beer. And that is a brilliant drink.
0: It's lovely. Um, but it, but it's made down south, but it's also really popular up north and in the, in, in the east. It's kind of... Um, I suppose uh, the nearest thing we'd have to it here would that it's not very flattering would be a snake bite in black, mm. which really is not doing it justice. It's um It says a
1: lot, doesn't it, about our Yes our culinary approach versus the French. Yeah. I mean obviously <laughs> don't
0: muck about a beer, don't put anything in it. That's our general approach, but this is because they have a little dimmy pressure on sort of half pints, they don't drink pints in the same way we do. Um They'll often drop a bit piquant in there, I and mean, it is actually once you get into it, it's it's, it's a nice bitter um, foil to the sweetness of the of the beer. So no, really, really good. And in, yeah. in 1937, they had a very cool slogan, uh, and it was "Il n'est plus une partie du globe où pénètre le piquant," and the, the literal translation is "There is no longer any part of the world where piquant hasn't penetrated." and uh that's what they're calling it these days yeah exactly (laughs) um so they're uh, yeah dirty french (laughs) French. um so yes and it's 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 everywhere Mm. good gear it's really good
1: i mean i'm i'm drinking the uh the the um black label which is definitely one for sipping Um, whereas the pecan beer which you can you can add to your beer and it's it's slightly richer and uh, and it is very very nice neat Um, it's got that little bit of bitterness that's uh, acceptable um, and does sort of prepare the palate for for your food and it costs £19.95 for a bottle of that and we have got ours like a lot of our spirits from the whiskeyexchange.com uh, because the thewhiskeyexchange.com has shed loads of booze and yeah. they deliver it to your door. Yes. <laughs> Those two things we like. Uh, but so, so they've got plenty of that if you want to get involved. If you don't like drinking neat, you can also use it in a cocktail. It's uh, very famously added to the Brooklyn cocktail, which is a relation of the Manhattan, uh, which is two s- shots of rye whiskey with um, half a shot of dry vermouth. Quarter of a shot of maraschino and quarter of a shot of this, the amer Pecan amer. Um, and interesting, you can't get this easily in America anymore, so they've had to adapt an American cocktail to work with that ingredient. But that's a lovely, that is a lovely cocktail, and
0: yep. it's, a, it's a great drink. So another one for
1: this for this region of our tour, little France, Ben.
0: And there are um, in terms of the beer scene down there in in uh, Nice, I, I think we'd be lying if we said it was a hotbed of brewing innovation but they've got a couple of microbreweries down there that are doing decent stuff so um, yeah last time I was there I had some quite nice local beers um, but we'll be exploring more of the brewing brewing side of things um, in future stages I reckon but one more thing I want to tell you about before we go is quite a sad story I discovered whilst researching Nice was um, there's a very famous dancer called Isadora Duncan there she is hang on well, that, that's a sort of depiction of her. That's not actually her. Now, she was quite a character. She was a massive... Uh, she was a big drinker. Um, and no one, no one annoyingly has called her Duncan Disorderly, which she should have been called. But she was by... Um, sensitive. it's insensitive. <laughs> it's insensitive. No, but she was a bon vivace She wasn't like, yeah. yeah. Um, well... There's there's Uh, a difference between somebody who has a good time and somebody (laughs) who's (laughs) disorderly. No, she was. She was. She was really naughty. She was. um, Well, at the time, she was seen as naughty. She was bisexual, which wasn't allowed. She was an atheist, which definitely wasn't allowed, and she was a communist, which was allowed but very much frowned upon. Um, uh, But she. um, So her her terrible. She's a very good dancer, um, but very, very bad luck. So she had two children out, both out of wedlock, which again was badly, was um, wasn't uh, wasn't very much, wasn't very allowed at the time. Um But both her children drowned in in the care of their nanny when their runaway car fell into the Seine, 1913. It's pretty sad. This and is then, really sad. Yeah, madness, literally in Seine. Tom. and then. Her next, and then she had a uh, her next lover killed himself, and then she had a third baby who died shortly after she was born, and then on the night of September the fourteenth, nineteen twenty-seven, in Nice, she was uh, she got into an open open top car um, with her uh, what was thought to be her lover, and she was wearing a long flowing hand painted silk scarf, and it got caught in the wheels, uh, and broke her neck, and she died. Outside the, uh, one of the big hotels in Nice, isn't that sad? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean it's, it's sad. It's um, really what a way to go. Yeah. And apparently, that is that she's named after a, um as Isadora Duncan syndrome, which basically means get your neck broken by luck. yeah <laughs> by a scarf, which I nearly did. Do you remember in front, in Switzerland, oh, where yeah, I was massaging a, eaten cow, by, eaten by a cow, I was massaging yeah. a cow with some beer. And it, grew, it started eating my scarf and it tightened around my neck and the farmer had to come and cut the scarf off before it yeah. suffocated me. I well, could have died from Isadora Duncan syndrome.
1: What a lovely note to end on. Yeah. Um, but next up, the tour. <laughs> yeah. Where hopefully there won't be any broken necks. No. Uh, we'll be traveling uh, up again. So, this is a tour that is designed to make people go up mountains. And we're going to the Orchier Merlette. Do you want to help me with the pronunciation? How do you spell that, it. Just uh, it? Orchier Merlet. Orchier Merlette. Orchier Merlette. Um, which is a ski resort, as you can see there. Yeah. So they really are going to be going uphill. And they thats I think that's ha- that might be happening today as we're recording this. So mm. we'll give you some feedback on that and the other two uh, two stages of the tour with our insights into cycling, which I think we could all agree have been phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, we'll bring you some additional drinks. And we're going to be drinking a lot of wine in the next one. because, As, as discussed, we've become wine experts. We are, course.
0: yeah. Overnight.
1: Uh, I think maybe it's Masters pretty- of
0: Wine. It's pretty easy when you put your mind to it. Yeah. Well, I, I think we'll find some insights into
1: how those grapes grow, uh, what yeah. they require in terms of uh, the, you know, the, the, the meteorological differences yeah. that really yeah. affect them. Uh, and we'll taste them and tell you whether we think they're nice or not. Yeah. And so that's happening. Uh, you can win that Watney shirt. So follow us on social media at thinking drinks on Twitter, thinking drinkers on Facebook, where you'll be able to see this video uh, You'll see it on YouTube as well if you seek us out on YouTube um, and on Instagram as well. So check out all of those. Follow us on Strava as we said earlier. Yeah, we are going to be on our bikes, uh, and you'll be able to see exactly how good we are. You can't lie on Strava. Yeah, uh, and uh, and leave some comments if you think what we're doing is uh, is deplorable.
0: If or uh, now you give us kudos, guy. Yeah, kudos. Kudos.
1: Yeah, man. yeah kudos, man. So that's our podcast. Hope Brilliant. you enjoyed it. And uh, I'm tuning in again later this week when we'll be doing more of the same.
0: Okay. Nice one, Tom. I enjoyed that. Love you. Miss you. Bye. Au revoir. Cheers. Au revoir.